You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome again to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. I am your host, the Monster, back to give you a solo sci-fi news for this week, which is June 18th, 2021. And yes, when I'm releasing this, it is the next day, but I've been busy, gosh darn it. I was catching up on Attack on Titans with my son last night, so I finished Season 1. I'm kind of happy that I got to do that because I have a library program happening towards the end of the month, which I have to get through 25 episodes just so I can talk about it for one hour. How much hours did I spend? A lot of hours of watching Attack on Titan, but still, super, super enjoyable. There are going to be, of course, my big three topics in which I'll be talking about. Casting news for the new Black Panther Wakanda Forever movie. There's a new Picard Season 2 trailer that just dropped. Why? We'll talk about that as well. And lastly, Batman (laughs) cannot do what a man could do with a woman at least not dress as the Batman and I'm trying to be very uh, cool about certain phrases but in any case we have lots of tidbit news to get into starting with Stargirl season 2 is going to be premiering I think sometime in early August but we have a trailer in which Jade and which she is the daughter of Green Lantern, Alan Scott. Not that I've finished watching season one of Stargirl, because again, I kind of didn't get really inspired to continue. But because she's coming on, we have Jim Gaffigan, who is going to be cast as Thunderbolt. But more importantly, John Wesley's ship is supposed to be guest starring on Stargirl as the Golden Age Flash. And again... I'm a sucker for the Golden Age heroes, especially the Flash. And I love that the fact that he wears the helmet. He has a fantastic outfit. It looks spot on. And I could not be more happier to see him back as the Flash once more. The other thing, there was rumors, or at least this was on social media for a bit. Remember, we had the whole release the Snyder Cut. Well, we're coming up on, I think, what, the 26th? anniversary of Batman Forever so people are clamoring why to release the Schumacher cut (laughs) I'm like no 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 we don't need to see more bat nipples uh, bat butts or whatever that is cut out for that movie Um, I will give that movie some points for casting Jim Carrey as the Riddler I enjoyed him. Not so much Harvey Dent, which is Tommy Lee Jones, because it's just too much like a Joker. Other than 
the overall look felt more like a living comic book kind of feeling. I will give Joel Schumacher that. Uh, and then, of course, we get the introduction of Robin towards the end of this movie. So I'm like, okay, we're, we're good on that. But in all seriousness, it's not one of my favorite movies, but I did buy it last summer uh, when the DC fandom came out. It was a bundle deal to get all the Batman movies, which is the two Tim Burton ones and two of uh, the Joel Schumacher. So I'm like, oh, screw it. I'll just do it anyway. But again, you take your wins wherever you can, especially especially now for DC fans. Seems like we can't catch a break for anything. Speaking of which, seems like, wow, I didn't realize I was picking a lot of DC content here, but I guess I was. Uh, James Gunn has confirmed that for the new Suicide Squad movie, and it's the Suicide Squad movie, uh, not Suicide Squad, but that movie coming out in August will be running about 2 hours and 12 minutes, and he has confirmed there is a post credit scene. So, hopefully, that will be a thing that I can feel happy about. Because, again, there's not a whole lot of wins for DC. And, again, I, like, again, I did not plan to do all DC stuff, but here I am. We're going to be talking about Aquaman. Finally has a title, which is uh, Aquaman to the Electric Boogaloo. No, it's Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. So, James Wan is coming back to do this and you know the production i think i don't think it has started but the release date is going to be december 16th 2022 we do have as i mentioned the suicide squad coming out uh this summer we have batman next march we have the flash coming out in november which uh andy muschetti has posted on his Instagram another image, like he's not now a couple of weeks in a row, where he's posting different images. The first one that I saw was the old school uh, Tim Burton Batman symbol, but it had blood on it, like the the comedian's button that was in Watchmen. So it was very similar to that. But this image was the front S of Supergirl. So it's very similar to the Man of Steel's color scheme and glyphs design. Little variations, but that was released. So I was already cool. I was already happy about that. We also are getting Shazam Fury of the Gods, but in 2023, there's a Blue Beetle movie that they're planning to do, Batgirl, Supergirl, Green Lantern Core, which is supposed to be on HBO Max. I haven't heard too much about that. And of course, Wonder Woman 3. So you would think that I'll be ecstatic, right? No, I'm not. Because, again, DC is all over the place. I'm really not happy with the, the direction, the way things are going uh, for the future for DC. But, again, I'll take my wins anywhere I can get them for now. This one is a little different because we're not talking about DC. We're talking about a horror movie called Hellraiser. Hellraiser was, I think believe it was created by Clive Barker. So we are going to get a reboot of that movie. And instead of a male lead playing Pinhead, we have a female actress, Odessa A. Zion, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, is going to be taking the lead for this new, uh, new movie. I'm not sure if it's going to be actually heading towards the movie theaters or if it's a Hulu 
kind of exclusive thing, so I'm not sure on that. But moving aside, we also have some news that Jombie, who was the, the actor, uh, John Paragon, who was in the Pee Wee Herman show that was broadcast on HBO many, many, many years ago. And I think he was brought back when they did the Pee Wee's Playhouse on on um, CBS. Unfortunately, he has passed away at the age of 66. And I remember that character so fondly because it was just, you know, Mecca Lucka High, Mecca Heine Ho was his chant to create whatever magic, right? Um, and then one scene in the stage play, it's like he was getting a delivery and Pee Wee delivers that to him and he opens up the box and it's a, a nice effect, but it's cheap. But the, the box is his hands coming up. It's like, oh, look, hands. And Caucasian, too, <laughs> which is, I love that. That was fantastic. And then it's like, oh, now I get to do something I haven't done in a very long time. And then you fill in the blank, and I'm like, that's brilliant. But I really love seeing that character uh, be brought from the stage play to an animated series, not animated series, but that the, the series that was on CBS for a while. And, and it's sad that he has passed. So, But much love for Zombie. So much for so much love. We also have Carrie Fisher is going to get supposedly her star on the Walk of Fame in 2022, alongside also Ewan McGregor. So it's sad that we have to uh, have that after the fact she passed away, but nonetheless, it's well deserved, and I'm glad to see that it's going to happen regardless. So I'm going to take a quick break, and then when I come back, I'm going to go deep into the big three topics. All right, so stay tuned. I'm lifelong ensign Charles Kelso. I'm Federation Envoy Keith Johnson. I'm Ferengi Counselor Veronica Dashiell. And I'm Andorian Mess Hall Cook R. Allen Siler. And we're the crew of Earth Station Trek. Join us for episode reviews, discussions of themes and characters, and all the news from across the Trekverse. Our logs cover the full gamut of Star Trek. From the groundbreaking original series to the future of the franchise on Paramount Plus. With lots of stops in between. Join our crew aboard Earth Station Trek for your regular podcast escape into the Trekverse. Go bald or go home! Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Hello everyone, Dr. Geek here with a shout out to all the scientists who worked tirelessly to bring a COVID-19 vaccine into reality. <laughs> Let's face it, creating something of this magnitude is a miracle worthy of Dr. McCoy himself. And now, Dr. Geek needs you to do your part. Remember, each shot is one small step back to normal, one giant leap to putting the pandemic behind us. We can do this. For more information, visit vaccines.gov to find your nearest provider. All right, so let's begin with the news that we got for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, in which we are getting a big bad, which is kind of on point. Um, we are getting a Namor, which if we remember in the Avengers, I think it's Endgame, um, there was reference about some kind of oceanic disturbance that um, I think it was Okoye was going to go in and get investigated or something to that effect. But just a very subtle thing to what is going to be coming down the pike for um, what's going to happen to Wakanda. Now, normally, Namor is not a character that I would have associated with Black Panther. 
to me, being a comic book guy, I've always associated him with the Fantastic Four and his, like, obsession with Sue Richards because that was the thing that it was like, he's after that kind of tale, so to speak. So, in any case, it's fine because, again, the MCU can do whatever they want. In this case, that's how we're going to introduce Namor. Fine. But very much in keeping with the fact that he is more of an anti-hero, they're not going to necessarily make him be the evil baddie because it's more about Namor was always against the surface dwellers because of what they have been doing to his world underneath the water. So it's understandable, but he's always had a chip on his shoulders since day one. So he's never been one to be at ease with any type of relationship with people on the surface of our planet. But the big thing here is that I was watching Grace Randolph from Beyond the Trailer on YouTube. She was talking about how the, the character that Chadwick Boseman was playing was T'Challa was going to be killed off and not recast. So the question was not about who's going to play him. It's just more about how is this character going to be written off so that you can have then Shuri take the mantle. So it's either he will be killed off screen or somehow in the story we'll see that and then that's how things progress further. But having said that, <laughs> the uh, the problem lies now. And this it, it, it's been some time since this was noted, but Letitia Wright, who is the actress who plays Shuri, posted something about the COVID vaccine. And there's reference to something called Luciferis, which is an ingredient being added to the COVID uh, vaccine. You know, she kind of tweeted about that if you don't conform to popular opinions but ask questions and think for yourself you get canceled which i understand her point but then she goes on further as like the lame lucifer is an interesting choice and then she does like a sad emoji opens the bible and i'm like come on seriously that's the thing that really ticks me off. Not so much your own opinions about things. You can think whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. But as I mentioned before, is that you put something out there, sometimes there are going to be consequences. And you see, like with Cara Dune and The Mandalorian being kind of like, we're not doing this series anymore, so you're done. So the fact that this actress is doing this, I don't think is going to be in jeopardy of her losing that mantle or her role as being the next Black Panther. But seriously, you know, this is a thing that really kind of pisses me off that this is how this is the hill you want to die on. But going back to Namor, because I'm, I'm done with that rant, uh, is Tana Karada. I guess he was cast in Narcos, Mexico, which I have not been into but i'm gonna have to check it out just so i can see what's gonna go down the road so let's move on to oh jesus all right let's just just say it picard season two yeah i watched the trailer it is hard to kind of stomach this at times 
it's going to happen. It's already happening. There's nothing I can do other than sit back and just let it be what it will be. But the big takeaway out of all this is that Q is back. All right. And didn't we see this kind of storyline already, like in Tapestry or any other Q stories in which Q is involved with doing kind of like alternate history or forcing things to change the course of history like he did with, uh, I believe, Q Who when we have the introduction of the Borg. But if you look at the poster for season two for Picard, it's like an L.A. freeway, but it's supposed to look like the combat from Starfleet. So it just seems as if, oh, we're doing this kind of story, which is like Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. It's a lot cheaper to film things, not so much in the studio, but out in the real world. And if this is what's going to happen, is that they have to go to the past in order to save the future. Is that what we're doing? I have a feeling that's what they're going to do. The reason why I think that's happening or at least if that's the direction, we've had history before with other franchises going down this road to save money. If you think about the original Planet of the Apes, the fantastic costumes, the fantastic makeup, that world being built that way, expensive. As the next sequel happened, Battle Beneath the Planet of the Apes, even more apes, giant sequences, mutant people and all that. Charlton Heston for a little bit. And then, boom, we're done with that. No, wait, there's more. Escape from the Planet of the Apes. So by the third time, now we have less apes because somehow they figured out how to time travel to the past. Only three of them made it. And then the third party, who no one knows, gets killed off easily. So you have Cornelius and Zira, if I remember correctly, only only two that survived. The rest of the cast were all human, and you drive down that production cost because, again, the return on investment over time is that it's going to be more expensive the more you keep at doing that type of storyline. So in this case, Picard, unlike Amazon Prime, which picked up the distribution rights, for season one helped to cover the costs for season one season two i don't believe netflix or even amazon picked up the option and since cbs all access is kind of folded into the paramount plus it, it just seems like it's more money being thrown down the tube but at a lower cost meaning you're going to film this way to tell the story in modern day and save the money for production. So we're not going to get as elaborate as stories that we're going to be seeing where you have the space flowers at the end of the season or last season and a tentative space battle that didn't happen. But again, the, the whole lack of, what's the term, diversity in ships that we, we've seen on the screen because the base... That space battle is more like 
copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste, the exact same shift all over the place, but just put them all over the screen to make it seem like, yeah, it's going to be massive. It doesn't look impressive. It, it just looks very blah, very generic, very uninspiring, which is I can be nice about this series. I've talked about this series at length with Mr. Gene and as well as Melinda in a podcast sometime last year when this season had ended. And the benefit of watching Picard is only if you are a Star Trek fan and feel like you want to have some kind of satisfying ending that Nemesis, the last Star Trek Next Generation movie, did not provide. So if you put that in context for both, putting that together, then it works. But you have to get through a lot of not-so-great elements in Nemesis and a lot of great not-so-great elements in Picard. But the moments with Data and Picard, the close end, kind of like a bookend moment, that is what's worth it. Now that we have no more data, what's going to happen? Well, everyone's coming back. I mean, why? You know, I don't want to see these people. They didn't inspire me to begin with. So you could do away with everything. Start fresh. But apparently not. So in any case, the only thing that I'd be willing to watch... And I only know this because I follow him on Kevin Smith's podcast, which is Fat Man Beyond. It's Mark Bernardin, who is a writer who actually worked on Picard Season 2. That is the only reason why I'm only going to be watching this is because of him. And I hope to dear God that if he's a big Star Trek fan, that he's able to... I'm not saying that he's going to freaking course correct everything on that show, but... Like, if I was in that room, I would, like, make sure that that didn't happen again. Even as a writer, I would just stick my neck out saying, this is the wrong direction. We'll see what happens, but I'm willing to give it a chance, despite my objections, for the way this new iteration of all the new Star Treks are coming out. Discovery, Prodigy... Of course, not Picard, Lower Decks. Strange Things is probably the one thing I'm excited for, but that's for a different set of reasons. We got some time to go, but it's coming out in 2022, so we'll see what happens. Lastly, this is going to be a little bit on the adult side. So, I mean, I'm sure that no one's listening to my podcast anyway, let alone kids are listening to my podcast. Which is kind of the, the, the point here about this situation with Batman. If you haven't heard, Harley Quinn, which is on HBO Max, which originally came from the DC Nation channel, streaming universe, whatever, was brought in. And seeing season one and two together on HBO Max was fantastic. It is truly fantastic with the voice acting. The humor is super spot on adult humor, like filthy humor, and I love it. That's what I want. You lean into that world, go with it. As such, the producers were planning to put Batman 
in a position in which he is going down on Catwoman. And DC kind of said, no, he can't do that. Heroes don't do that. And then they, the producers responded back was like, you know, so you're saying that heroes are selfish? And the logic is no, because we have to sell toys and we can't sell toys of someone going down. I'm like, dude, you have the DC Black Label. What was the big thing that happened in DC Black Label for Batman? You saw his bat dick and it swung to the left. And I'm sorry, but if you're having a problem with that, meaning going down on Catwoman, you have no problems with that being published, right? Two, that audience that is going to be watching Harlequin as a responsible parent, you would think, I'm not going to let my kid watch this. That's what I would do as a responsible parent. It's not up to the people who produce this to censor themselves because there's an audience that loves this and I'm part of that audience. I'm willing to have every direction explored for every single character. You can't do necessarily the haha funny with Superman, but you can make it into a family drama, which is like Superman and Lois, which I never expected would ever work. Batman is part of the exception in which you can make him dark, you can make him funny, or something in between. Wonder Woman has always been more on the serious end, never on the funny end. If you ever see the pilot that was never aired, but you can find it on YouTube, the same people that did Batman from the 60s with Adam West, they thought, hey, we'll do the exact same approach with Diana and make her this weird character that is, uh, she thinks she's beautiful. And in one scene, going back to the Planet of the Apes, uh, Nova is seen in the mirror that was in the first Planet of the Apes. So when she looks at herself, she sees that. But when we see her, she is like, not that. But in any case, it didn't work because it was not funny. It was really sad that they, that's the direction you want to go. Now, having said that, there was Wonder Woman, or at least there was, the mascara was in Harley Quinn. And I love that episode, you know. So there are ways you can make something work and done very well. Let Batman be Batman. <laughs> Again, that audience that loves Harley Quinn would want to see how much more you can you push that envelope. Because again, you're not worried about having that in a comic because it's out there. And that's kind of hypocritical too. And it goes back to our culture that we have here in the U.S. that we have a problem with sex. But violence, not a problem. Let's go balls to the wall with violence. But God forbid you show anything of, you know, a female body or two consenting adults. I'll be addressed as a bat and a cat. But I would be down for this. And I'm sorry that this is not going to happen, or at least 
I don't think they're going to like release the bat Conolingus cut, you know, that kind of thing. I don't think that's going to happen now. But it's unfortunate that that's where we're at. And yes, DC has allowed a lot of things go with Harley Quinn, and they've been supportive up to this point. But it's a little hypocritical to saying like, no, that's a bridge too far. That that's too much for a Batman character to do. Well, then, fine, take off the cowl and let Bruce Wayne go to town. He's still Batman, it's just Bruce Wayne. You know, I am sorry. It's just, that is just a sucky way to kind of put a. <laughs> it's just a. Considering what the stakes were for Holoquin season three. I thought that's really great. They're really topping themselves. I would have been, keep going. Keep going in that direction and push, push, push. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. So, but in any case, that's enough of me ranting about <laughs> Batman not being able to do what he, man, can do. But I'm just saying, not all heroes wear a cape because, uh, I don't wear a cape. <laughs> all right, I'm just gonna leave it at that. All right, so, all right. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I really do. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, please you can email me at monstersci-fi-show at gmail.com. You can follow me on the various social networks. Thank you for listening to me and to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Good night. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.